going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, myself, Dave Sergio, along next to my paisan who decided to gift me a brand new Yankees mug over the Christmas season. And I'm sure Aiden's uh, just waiting at the uh, he's waiting at the, the mailbox, waiting for his gift to come in. But Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis, boys. We did what I said we would do, and now I'm one step closer to my prediction being true of saying the Cowboys will not lose another football game in 2022 as they take down the ever-so-mighty and ever-so-Jalen Hurtsless uh, Philadelphia Eagles 40-34 to on Christmas Eve. Now, of course, if you're listening to this right now, it is Monday afternoon, so we got to digest a little bit, take a little breather on Christmas, but here we are delivering the goods for you, the listener. So do us a favor. Uh, leave us a review, follow all of us on social media, all that good stuff um, right now. So do that. So I'll start with you, Tony. We come off this this little bit of a cardiac game again. You know, your your first thoughts when it comes to uh, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I it might have been Dak Prescott, one of his most impressive football games, right? And I actually said it in my group chat because I got a bunch of um, a-hole friends who like to chime in whenever the Cowboys do something negative. And uh, for Dak to his last pass to be an interception pick six game winner and then the first one to be that, um, you know, I ended up saying to him, I'm like, it's it's a shame that that interception happened because it robbed us from a damn near perfect first half. I mean, Dak Prescott, that's exactly how you respond. I mean, he owned it from the minute we saw it on the broadcast. I know you guys saw it too. He's like, that's on me. You know, I'll eat that. And uh, as the team as a whole, this offense is the real deal and it can only get better. We saw T.Y. Hilton one catch 52 yards, a fourth, you know, fourth down conversion because they respected his speed and his ability uh, with T.Y. Hilton in the fold. That's, I mean, this offense can really, really step it up another notch. Um, it, it, you put my thoughts in the into totality here. I'm a little nervous about the defense. I know Deron Bland is really, um, he's coming on here and he's super impressive and he's making big plays. But the secondary as a whole is gonna have to find a little more level for me to be um, more confident about it because they are making great plays and they are doing some things that are, you know, you're excited about. But I would rather for the lows to be a little higher if that makes sense, right? So just don't let the boat rocking be too much. But overall. Overall, beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve. I ain't really got too much to, to be upset about, but I don't know about you guys, but a win's a win, and you know we beat the Eagles. Feel good about it. Aiden, Aiden sporting a new, a uh, little bit of a scruff look. I see that's that got to be the winter thing going on here. So, Aiden, uh, your first thoughts about beating the Philadelphia, the first place, you know, 13 at the time, 13-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, to me, this win – I know Jalen Hurts didn't play, but I don't feel any less good about this win, in my opinion, because I think what Mike has said had a lot of validity to it. What we saw on Christmas Eve was the Philadelphia Eagles are a very well-rounded team, and they can win games without Jalen Hurts, and especially Gardner Minshew. I knew he had some interception problems, but to me, Gardner Minshew looked like a very, very solid backup quarterback. So I think what the Cowboys did, it's... Most likely, it's not going to matter. They're still going to be the five seed. I don't see the Eagles dropping the next two games, so they're still going to win the division. But I think this was a huge confidence game of Dak Press, especially for Dak Prescott, to say, "Okay, our defense allows thirty-four points, I guess twenty-seven points to a backup quarterback. We're down ten points two different times. Doesn't matter. We're still going to go out. We're still going to win this game." And so I just think it's huge for the confidence for the offense. Obviously, there's some things to fix on defense as Tony mentioned the secondary is starting to get a little bit worrisome the pass rush I I, th I think that was just a solid Eagles defensive line but you still got to figure it out because there's a chance to see him in the postseason so 
yeah. things to fix, but big confidence game. Yeah, big confidence game by the Dak. I, I really feel like this kid, you know, nothing phases this guy. Nothing. Like, you know, and there's not a lot of quarterbacks. Like, you look around the league right now, there is a lot of younger generational quarterbacks that get very boohoo. And I'm talking about the Baker Mayfields, the Kyler Murrays, those guys that when things are wrong, you all of a sudden it's in their body language. They're just not, you know, they're not in the game anymore, right? You got Mac Jones out there trying to trip people, hurt people when things don't go right. Like, all of a sudden, you know, you look at Dak Prescott and you're like, you know what? Like this dude, like he didn't blink. He didn't, he didn't falter. Like, I think the whole, like, you know, patting the chest, like that one's on me thing gets a little old. Um, and and that, I'm not trying to like disrespect Dak by any stretch, but like, like we, we know that one's on you. You know what I mean? You don't gotta, we, you don't have to own up to it because the whole world saw that you just put it in the gut of, uh, of Montez Sweat or whatever his name is. Um, is it Monte or is that the that's the, the it's Josh, yeah, Josh, Josh Sweat. They're brothers, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, same thing. Fine, maybe. Whatever. Like it matters. <laughs> um, but no. In, in regards to that, I'm just kind of like, all right, dude. Yes, we know it's you. But again, the resiliency and the the way that these, this guy in particular bounces back. Again, a no blinking mentality. Ceedee Lamb, by the way, like there's no more debate. You know, like this dude is a number one receiver in this league on this team, and I'm putting him in the conversation. Like when he was drafted and he came out, we did have Amari Cooper on the roster. So you're like, all right, cool. But like when he was drafted, I said the same. I said the one thing after falling over my own like snacks tray because I was so excited when they drafted CeeDee Lamb. I said, this dude is going to be wide receiver one. Like this, even when Cooper was here, I felt like they could make the move. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden the attention goes on CeeDee Lamb. Now CeeDee Lamb could be talked about in the same breath. And I'm not, this is not a hot take. I don't think Jamar Chase, you could talk about CeeDee Lamb in the same conversation. You want to talk about Jay Jetta Jefferson? He might be on a little bit of a different world right now. Just kind of playing all world potential MVP votes. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's very good at football and I'm not about to take that away from him. But CeeDee Lamb over the weekend with Dak Prescott, those guys, they balled out. And it wasn't even like, and I know that our identity, quote identity, is supposed to be the running game. But that, to me, didn't really show its face much in this game. Like Zeke was doing some of the hard stuff. And Pollard was kind of finding no room to run. So credit to the Philadelphia Eagles defensive front and their linebacking core. But like I will tell you right now, CeeDee Lamb, Tony, is in the conversation to just, he could be a game changer every game he steps out on the field without a doubt i think now we're at he's in that realm and maybe this is just my personal opinion but i don't think you guys are too far off from me on it uh he's at a game now where you kind of expect it right he he's found a way to kind of have the standard be set he's had some big games against the packers and he's out here and he's got this swagger about him i mean you hear guys like greg olson on the on the telecast talk about it like he's running in motion tucking his chain in now it's so casual he's at a point now where he's such a confident veteran they're on the same page and that was not always the case right him Dak Prescott had some things to figure out. They had some hurdles to, to get over, but CD Lamb and that wide receiver one question is not a question mark anymore. It's an exclamation point. He's a wide receiver one, no doubt about it. And, you know, the Cowboys, um, they're going to need more from Michael Gallup, right? They're going to need more from T.Y. Hilton. They're going to need more from Noah Brown. But as long as CD Lamb is out there and he's commanding the type of respect that he had in that second half where they were bracket coverage, right? They were, he was getting bumped, you know, at the line five yards and there were safeties over the top. And, and you know what? CD Lamb is still able to make plays and do his thing, but that's going to make it so much easier for the guys around him. Dalton Schultz, you know, there's going to be opportunities. So for CD Lamb to explode on the scene, be everything that we saw in training camp over the last two years, this is such a good thing for the Cowboys in this offense. And it's really exciting to see. So switching from the playmakers on the team or the skill positions per se, Aiden, 
give your give the offensive line a grade. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Dak did once he got out of the pocket a couple times and he was flushed. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was a, a, a designed rollout by any stretch, but like there was times he had to make a couple moves within the pocket. But you know, you got the the two guys that are going to walk into Canton on the right side now, right? And you have, um, you know, uh, which I'm called Tyler Smith making a, a case that he's going to be a good starting left tackle. All of a sudden, this offensive line looks like there's it's not really a woe anymore. Yeah, I don't think this was their most solid game. We saw Dak got sacked three times. Oh, one of them it was like I a taking of a sack. Yeah. He almost took, held onto the ball for four months. Yeah. It, and for the most part, like he was passing with a clean pocket, but I think that was a lot of times because he was just taking two-step dropbacks and finding CD most commonly over the middle of the field, especially when they used him in the slot. So... I don't think it was a bad performance by the offensive line, especially when you're going up against, I mean, the Eagles obviously have one of the best defensive lines in football, so that's a tough test. But I think Tyler Smith got beat a few times on the left side. Even Tyron Smith seemed to struggle a little bit in pass Yeah, you protection. saw his age come times, so just a little yeah. speed differential, yeah. And maybe that's just he's still working out the kinks of playing right tackle. So I'm not too concerned. Like Obviously, the Cowboys hung 40 points, so the offensive line couldn't have played that bad. But yeah, especially in the run game, that's where you kind of saw like they Zeke and Pollard had no room to run there. And it wasn't their fault that they if you look at their yards per carry, it wasn't bad running. They had nowhere to run. Right, right. Absolutely. Now, I know you've already kind of went on record saying that they're going to be the five seed, right? And the division championship is out of your realm of possibilities. But Tony, I'll throw it to you. Um, You know, look, the schedule, the way it plays out is is kind of unique now. And I don't want to like completely go away from the Eagle game because there's there's still some more things to kind of dissect. But in this scenario now, the Dallas Cowboys have put themselves in a, in, a, in a place where two wins and two losses by the Eagles will win the division title. Now, the Eagles are going to take on uh, the Saints, who are officially one game behind the Bucs and the, and the Panthers, right? So they're in it to win it, right? And then the following week, the Giants are probably going to find themselves – you know, they got the Colts coming up this week. So I'd like to see them, you know, I'd not like to see them win. I'm saying I like them to win that game. So I don't know how much week 17 matters if they're like firmly entrenched in a, you know, in a six hole or something like that. Uh, but it is the Eagles after all, and, and they might want to play. Now the Dallas Cowboys find themselves in a position where yes, short week, but now because of the Jaguars doing their thing, the Titans and Jaguars game in week 18 is for the division title. So that's officially how it's being billed, right? And I'm assuming they'll get flexed and all this shit, right? They'll, they'll just have, the, the, you know, an opportunity to be on the uh, the big stage in that spot. That also means Tennessee, not much to play for in this week. So for the Cowboys, Tony, do we see Derrick Henry sit or not run as much? I mean, he's a locomotive, but, you know, once the, you got to you gotta kind of keep some tread on this tire, no? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting how this game is going to be played out. And you see it a lot of the times at these end of games, end of season scenarios in the NFL. Um, they got Malik Willis, right? So Ryan Tannehill doesn't look like he's ever, if he's even going to come back at all this season. So Mm-mm. having that dynamic of the backup quarterback in there is already intriguing. Like you mentioned, all the cards are on the table for week 18. So, how, and, and we always talk about a momentum, motivation, you know, drive it has a lot of input into how these games are played and kind of worked out. So you wonder what kind of, you know, atmosphere or game time atmosphere situation is going to be for the Titans this week. So you're totally right. I mean, the Cowboys still have things to go for. And I said it before, there were people talking about like, how are the Cowboys going to handle it? No, they still got things to win. The Cowboys got to go out there and win football games. They're still 
Yeah, I think because they're on Thursday, it kind of says like, all right, the rest of the league's going to play itself out. We got to go out there and handle business. So them being solo and knowing Mm -hmm. that like they don't have to scoreboard watch anywhere, you know, I think that bodes well for the Cowboys. Absolutely. And I think the Titans game is a game that I don't know if we picked it as a loss, but we thought it'd be a tougher challenge than I'm anticipating early on now. Um, You know, maybe the the new uniforms will help instead of be a hinder this time around. But uh, um, so, yeah, I think it's an interesting game. And you're right. The Titans may not have the motivation that the Cowboys do. And Another win here with Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts. The Eagles seem to be pressing a little bit, right? Just saying, well, Hurts may come back. He may need to. They haven't solidified the one spot. And we could see a lot unfold over the next two weeks. By by the way, I wasn't I don't know if it was Mike Vrabel or somebody else within the Titans organization, but they said that resting starters is a very, very likely possibility for this week. So interesting. And what's the line? And I think anybody know the it's, line? It's nine and a half. Nine I think that's half, reflected yep. in the line. And eh, maybe. I don't know. So, look, the Cowboys are in a situation now where obviously we're going to be big Saints fans on Sunday, right? And it might come down to week 18, a win and an eagle loss, and we're the division champions. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy hell, how did this all pan out? You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, you're looking at a home game. And potentially, like, I, I can't say the one seed. I know they have the, like, the way it's all shaken out, like the Packers all of a sudden are, are trying to get into the playoffs. And standing in front of them is the Minnesota Vikings next week which is great for anybody that wants to jump a couple seeds, like the 49ers. You know, the 49ers are now in a position to jump to the two. So why not the Cowboys try to not only win the division, but get the one seed? I don't know. It's just there's a lot of moving parts within the next two weeks. But there are things still to clean up on this Cowboys team. And I'll, I'll throw it to you, Tony. You know, what is one thing that – one real, real pivotal thing that you think the Cowboys have to make an improvement on going forward? I'm talking. I'm not talking about just for the – the playoff round. I'm talking about like, let's get it right in the next two weeks. I, you know, we mentioned it earlier. I think um, Aiden kind of touched on it too. The cornerback position is, can be fine, but right now they're still trying to figure out some things, right? I mean, we, we saw Mackenzie Alexander in the nickel. We saw Duran, Duran playing, playing the, you know, the boundary corner a little bit, which is something he hadn't really done all year. Uh, we know Trayvon Diggs is going to be Diggs, right? So, but we need somebody on the other side to help him out. It looks by all indication, if you, you, you know, some of the people we follow, like Brian Broaddus and some of these people say, you know, the Kelvin Joseph experiment, at least for right now, might be done, right? They're saying that it may be broadest, like broadside of a barn. I have to be reminded that uh, every time I talk to RJ (laughs) on Tuesdays, but go ahead. There you go. Brian broadest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, you know, it looks like by all indications, it's going to be Nation Wright. It's going to be Maurice Alexander. I'm sorry, Maurice, I say, yeah. Mackenzie Alexander. Sorry. So there's some things to answer the question more directly. I want to see the secondary um, play a little bit more cleaner. I want to, you know, I love the fact that, you know, they're making plays a little bit, but I want to see see a more less an ebbs and flow i want to see a more flatter more understanding that this team is it's going to live or die because they're going to see some good quarterbacks and there's going to be some people that are going to try to carve you up a little bit well, that's you know it's kind of alarming considering like i want to see like i'm with you like i want to see the corners play better but like income tennessee without a receiver on their roster to make you say like ooh, you know like there's, there's really nobody and then even in the washington game where they could be dead the rights and out they might just try some new kids to see what's up so we might not get challenged until the playoffs so it's kind of makes makes you think you know i i like what we did yesterday or saturday rather but you know, yes, a couple of moments where I'm just like, are they just in like deep zone? Is that why they're just carving up the middle of the field? You know, I'm just trying to figure it all out. I'm going to watch all 22 whenever that becomes available. It might even be available now, but um, I just, I, I don't know. I just see like there's a, there was a lot of holes uh, in the secondary as far as like a lot of real estate for these guys to make catches and, and take it for yards after the catch. Aiden, did it feel to you that every time an Eagle player touched the ball, 
that no matter what, if we just tackle them, right? We made first contact that just they they somehow squeaked another four or five. <laughs> like is that is that is tackling become an issue here all of a sudden? Well, it's especially true with Miles Sanders runs. I feel like there were at least a dozen times where I saw us meet Miles Sanders at like the line of scrimmage, and then yeah, he'd fall forward for another four yards. I think part of it is and it's going to sound weird putting this on one player. I think that is a symptom of Leighton Van Der Esch. Not necessarily that Leighton Van Der Esch was always the one that's just going to meet you in the hole and stop you, but at least Leighton Van Der Esch was always around the ball and he'd stand up the ball car- carrier. So a guy like, I don't know, Golston, Odigazua, Parsons, whoever you want to name, could then finish off the play. And right now, I think what we're seeing is a lot of individual players trying to make up for that and trying mm-hmm. to bring the ball carrier down by himself. And then that's leading to, yeah, an extra three, four yards, even if they do make the tackle. And I think that's that's symptomatic of the pass rush as well. Like, I'll, they're getting pressures, but they are not bringing the quarterback to the ground. And I know I've been banging the drum for Demarcus Lawrence, pointing out his pressures. But at some point, you do have to bring the quarterback to the ground because the difference of a third and 10 incomplete pass and the third and, t- third and 15, third and 16 after a sack is huge in getting off the field. And we saw oh. it on Christmas Eve. There were so many third and conversions. Yeah. And so eventually the Dallas Cowboys who sacked the quarterback and pushed them out of reasonable territory to get a first down, that version of the Cowboys has to come back soon. Yeah. Pressures are cool. Get sacked. Yeah. The pressures are, are great. And especially in those last few plays against the Eagles where we kind of just locked the game up um, and, and won the game. But like, yeah, man, like I, I was banging on Twitter. I'm like, dude, one sack give me one just one game changing and i'm not even asking for a strip sack guys i'm just like yo put the quarterback on his ass so that they're behind the sticks just that much farther right and i'm just like just just keep doing what you're doing i i love the pressure but somebody's got to bring down somebody um all right so tony i i flip to you i had a yeah go ahead when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I also, what is, were you guys a little bit baffled by the fact that Dan Quinn was sending the house when we have nothing but an inexperienced cornerback room out there right now? Like, like, what what was that? The reason for that, I feel like, is he was looking for that complete ill-advised throw out of, out of a backup quarterback that's the only thing i can think about where he was just like Gardner was like holy hell and he just kind of just kind of chucks it up and whoever's there somebody make a play um outside of that i yeah i was i was thinking the same thing I'm like well what we got huh and i was like completely thrown for a loop in that regard um tony i was going somewhere with this oh the inability now this is twice now now it's almost as if we had replica games back-to-back weeks, right? We we kind of obviously give the one back to the Jaguars. That one gets out of, uh, away from us. Overtime, pick six, game over, right? But this, in regards, like, the Cowboys get a turnover. They can end the game. Why is this so hard for the Cowboys to put a game away and put this shit on ice every week? I feel like they have – I get way too up 
like in that moment of the turnover, I'm just like, oh, I can't, we're going to win. And the next thing you know, in your mind, it's like third and eight. And you're like, well, wait, what? <laughs> like, you're not, you're not anywhere close to putting this game on ice. Where lies the problem there, Tony? I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that some of these defenses, it's, it's hard to, to be executing on offense when the defense knows exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to attack. And they know it's everything they got, you know, balls to the wall type of series, right? I mean, it's one thing to go out there and say, we're going to impose our will. We're going to st- run it down your face, run it through your face, like Marshawn would say. But at the same time, it's like, okay, they know that. Do you have the horses in the barn to do that? And you know what? It's not a high percentage chance that you're going to go out there and do it anyway. So I'm with you. There was the times during the Jacksonville game with the, you know, the fumble, Jaron Curse and Micah Parsons, they come up with it. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do it. And it's like, wait a minute, there is a lot of football left in this game. So um, that's kind of the same way. I, I tweeted it out. Give me one stop. And then I had to go, give me a second stop. I'm like, how about one more stop? How about three stops, please? So it's, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm there with you. But we got a back. We got a backpedal on all these tweets because it's just like, all right, one stop, but we got this. You get the stop, and you're like, all right, let's do this one more time. Like, no, every I feel like every other NFL team just does it and they just end it and it's over, right? And you're like sitting there with the Cowboys, like, just all right, we we gotta get a first down now. Like, no, you just punch the damn ball. And look, I know Dak had a little bit of a mental fart at the end where he just kind of runs out of bounds, and you're like, and like he's doing the let's go, and I'm sure you've seen it like on, on the clip, and we're like, yeah, he's pumped. And I'm like, why the hell did you go out of bounds? <laughs> like, just slide, bro. You know, um, but again, in the moment, I'm sure he wanted to put his shoulder down and just kind of mow over somebody. And again, the Cowboys win the game. So you look at the tape and you're like, okay, next time do this, next time do that. So as we head into the Thursday affair, you know, we're, we're going to be talking on the round table. I'm sure. I don't know if Aiden's back for that one, but we all three of us. All right, cool. Cause apparently I get a seat no matter what. Um, I'm like grandfathered in according to RJ. Um, cause I did ask him, I'm like, look, I know we had a, had a rough weekend over there on the old social medias, but, uh, you want me on the round table? He's like, ah, oh, you got a seat. I'm like, sweet. Uh, cause I have equal ratings at the end of the day. Uh, but no, um, so short week, uh, the rest of the podcast will be covering the Titans. Tony, what is your gut right now tell you? Like, and I'm not even talking about the the division title, right? Because obviously, yes, do we all want that? Sure. Does it happen? Eh, you know, we don't really know. But what is your path right now looking like for the Dallas Cowboys? What is the complete blueprint headed there with two weeks left in the regular season and playoffs? Where do you see this team and how this, how does it finish? And I'm not saying like, oh, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. What is the path? What do they have to do? For me, it's it's simple, right? It's it's putting good football together. The fact that you said it before. I mean, the one seed is possible. The division is possible. But, you know, there's an overwhelming chance we're going to be sitting here in the fifth seed playing the winner of the NFC champion. I mean, you know, NFC South champion. So um, that is what it is. If that's, you know, if everything goes chalk, it'll be Tampa Bay. And I say that word chalk because we know oftentimes in the playoffs, it really doesn't go that way, right? So if you if you project that out and you just talk about because I've thought about this endlessly, you know, we're you got to go ahead and you got to beat Tom Brady. But I think after last night's showing against Cardinals, I don't think we're overly worried. I think we're afraid of Tom Brady, who he is as a person. But I, this is a better football team. The Cowboys lose to at this point. <laughs> if, we, <laughs> the devil. If, if we lose the uh, Tampa Bay team that could easily, honestly, be under 500 and win the division, like it's, it's like it's crazy. That'll be the worst, honestly. And I said this before on my live show, like that mm-hmm. will, if the Cowboys go out there and lose to Tom Brady in the first round of the playoffs, it'll be the the worst loss I think I've ever watched um, playoff-wise. Yeah, 
Ever. And, you know, and we're probably, and not probably, I think it's definitely, we would be facing the worst record team in the, all of the playoffs in the first round. So if you ask for that matchup, I'm taking it. And then, again, bringing back the chalk sentiment, if 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 all the favorites win, then, yeah, we'll go play Philly again. But we've seen teams where, you know, wild card teams win. And if one of them, that happens to be a six well, or seven one pick us, off, yeah. then we're going to go play Minnesota, whoever, you know what I mean? We're going to find, we're going to, it's crazy. I mean, but we may not see the Eagles until the NFC Championship game. And, you know, <laughs> but, you know, we may see them in the second round. Either way, I'm going to tell you this as a non-biased Cowboys fan trying to take my Cowboys hat off here. The Cowboys have an opportunity. They have a path that we should feel good about if we just take a step back and just look at it really clearly. You got to feel good about what the Cowboys have done. They have some things they got to tie up, but you feel good about the prospects moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you right there. I think that because I foresee the Green Bay Packers beating the Minnesota Vikings next week in order for now the Vikings to possibly drop a seed, all of a sudden you got San Fran as possibly the two, right? So then maybe that round two will be a, a rematch of last year's debacle in San Francisco, which again, to me, like, th- like sign me up for that path because sign me up for a 87-year-old f- Tom Brady and then a 13-year-old Brock Purdy, right? Like, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, well, that, that, that mojo's got to run out, man. Like, are you kidding? There's no way that this kid can just go out there and lead him to the Super Bowl. I'm just, I'm sorry. Like, it doesn't work like that anymore. You know what I mean? There's got to be some kind of blunder along the way. And maybe the blunder happens at home against Dallas where you're like, you know, oh, the the, the spread will be, you know, San Fran will be favored by four or three or whatever, you know, and like Brock Purdy against this defense. And you're looking at it, you're like, wait a minute, Brock Purdy against this defense? Like, if this defense is anything of a shell of what it was in the beginning of the season, they should eat this guy alive. You know, and their defense is their strong suit, so it's a matter of scoring points. But then, it, it, and then all of a sudden, you look at that NFC title game. If for whatever reason you pick off a Purdy or a Cousins, whatever we've done it already with Cousins, but let's just say we get finally over that hump, and it's the NFC title game. We we also might be living in a world where remember somebody would have picked off somebody to go play Philadelphia, right? We're also living in a world that what if just what if the Philadelphia Eagles get picked off in the second round because Jalen Hurts is banged to shit. You know, all of a sudden you're looking at this and you're like, wait. So there's a scenario where the Dallas Cowboys can go beat Tom Brady, go beat Brock Purdy, and host the NFC title game against either the the, the Giants or the Commanders or or Seattle or one of these teams, or, or God forbid, Green Bay. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know. We live in a world where that's a scenario. But what I'm saying is the Cowboys have themselves, we, we always say like, oh, is this a Super Bowl caliber team? Some people could say it's not, but they have a Super Bowl caliber path. You know what I mean? Like they have it, and I'm not going to say easy by any stretch, but they got it a little lighter than some other teams. Like when you're the top dog like Philly, there's been a target on your back the entire season, right? So people want to, they want to derail you guys just like the Cowboys did last week. So that's how I, I mean, I see the path being really nice. Aiden, I know you say that the fifth seed's a lock. What's your path to where the Cowboys can go this year? I mean, I think you guys, hit it on what we've seen in past years is there's always been Goliath teams, but also quarterbacks standing in the Cowboys way. I mean, for the last, obviously we are well aware we've had to deal with Rogers in the postseason. last year. It was, we didn't have to play him, but like quarterbacks like Stafford Brady, like it was all these big quarterbacks who were playing the best foot, some of the best football of their career standing in the way of the Cowboys. And there is none of that in the NFC outside of Jalen Hurts, who 
Sturch, you mentioned his first playoff game is likely going to be the first game back from injury, and you don't know how he's going to play because that was an injury to his throwing shoulder, which is, I mean, I, I get it. It's a minor injury, but that is still an injury to his throwing shoulder. So this is, in my opinion, the best, the easiest path the Cowboys will have to the Super Bowl in, since I've been alive, at least. There's always been two or three teams that I'm like, well, yeah, that's going to be really, really difficult to get through them. Most commonly, it's been the Packers, and I still want to beat the Packers in the postseason, but <laughs> we most likely we're not going to have to do that this year. So it's just, it's an incredibly easy path if the Cowboys can just, if they can start putting things together, all you have to do is possibly get through the Eagles, and this is, we're just talking about, outside of that, I think the Cowboys should be favored against every other team in the playoffs. Doesn't matter if they're playing at home or on the road. That's why I feel like, you know, with the Cowboys playing the way they are and the big win against Philly, and you know they're feeling good about themselves this week, that's why I feel like this Tennessee game and this Washington game to end the season, like, I want to kick the crap out of both of these teams. You know what I'm saying? I want everything to click right before so the media and guys like, you know, I don't know, Sean McCoy or anything like that can actually sit there and eat all his words because this team is rolling, absolutely roll, steamrolling into the playoffs and if it is the pan like if it is the bucks right let's just say the bucks get the win next week they beat the panthers and then they're the afs uh the nfc south champions right and they're gonna be what eight and eight there's a chance that they know now that they're hosting that fourth game and they might have to take the pedal off the metal because it's tom brady and he's a fossil and they'll, they'll go eight and nine on the year and win that division so are we really like are we, we sitting here like oh my god it's tom brady I feel like the, the Tampa Bay, I said this before, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the most annoying team in the league right now. You know what I mean? Because it's like they play like garbage for three and a half, sometimes even four quarters. And then, and then all of a sudden with that three minutes left, you got Tom Brady who just has to hit Mike Evans on an out route a couple times. Bing, bang, boom, field goal, win. Same thing last night. You know what I mean? A couple of little chip shots here and there. Bing, bang, boom, win. So like their defense probably stepped up the most last night, but I'm not. I'm not sweating Tom Brady for the first time in my life. I'm like, this guy, there was throws last night where I'm just like, is he just, you know, is he, just, oh, that's right. He's old. He's just old. He's looking old. Tony? Yeah, and uh, you, not to lose context, because you said the defense stepped up, but I think if anybody on God's green earth other than Trace McSorley was at quarterback last night, they lose that football game. The dude, the dude made the forward pass look challenging. He made the forward pass look really difficult to do. If if that was Colt McCoy and he wasn't hurt with a concussion, I think Arizona runs away with that football game. It's not. It's not. A, it's not out of the realm of possibilities at all. So look, the Carolina Panthers have been showing a lot of something, something over the last weeks. Uh, their their rushing attack is very good. Now all of a sudden, I'm just like. Well, what if it's Carolina? I'm like, man, they got a two-headed monster over there. Do you really want to deal with that as far as a rushing attack? Like, I almost want is the dumbest thing you can ever say, but I want the Bucks. <laughs> like, I don't know, Aiden. Also, in a very, very quiet voice, because I don't want to say this too loud, Sam Darnold's actually playing all right for them ever since he's come back. Like, I know he's always had flashes where he looks good, but like he's actually playing all right now. And I think the Panthers other than Tom Brady. I think the Panthers win that game easily next week. I don't know. I just I see that being a thing, and then coming down to a final week of the year where each team's going to be playing their their NFC South counterparts or whatever. But I don't know. I guess we got to get there first, um, and they do that with the start over in Tennessee, rocking the new iced out white stuff, uh, white helmets, white jerseys. It's the star in the jerseys, the color rush. Yes, it's the color rush just with a white helmet. 
Interesting. Interesting. I don't like it, but okay. <laughs> like, I'm sure that's going to look nice. And I'm sure they're going to take awesome, awesome pictures. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Please deliver a win on the field, especially if Tennessee is just basically laying down and trying to get right for their week 18 matchup. So I'm going to just go out and say the Cowboys win this game. Tony, you feel the same way? I do. And it would be, I mean, again, we know that it's not a huge, whatever. The easy answer is yes. If they lose, it'd be definitely a disappointment. Take care of business. Aiden. I definitely think they win, but I would watch out for a slow start this week. We've seen the slow starts happen. Always with a slow start. I don't know what, <laughs> what team have you been watching. I don't know. They're they're always gun like pedal to the metal. I don't know what you're talking about. Especially coming off the win against very, the Eagles. I think a slow start. Um, an emotional win could have you drained, but I think these boys will get right. They're back at practice today, or at least back in the building today to get right. Another key thing before we get out of here, no new injuries that I've, I've, I've heard. I think everybody, I think we got out of that game against Philadelphia kind of scathed, unscathed. Clean. Yeah, so that's a big thing as guys still continue to get right because Zach Martin was a hobbled for a second. You're not like, oh, my God, please, no, for the love of God, not Zach Martin. Um, I'm like, I'll give him any ACL or whatever I need. Just I'll just hand it over to Zach Martin. You can have mine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it seems like we got out of that good. And, um, you know, Cowboys are, are getting back to full strength, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens on thursday so we're glad you joined us here on another episode of the first and 10 podcast you can find us every monday normally we kick the uh, the morning off but again christmas got in the way uh damn christmas right gets in the way and we got to celebrate a little extra long with our families and friends but we're back on the grind and you'll probably see our mugs tomorrow night on the round table otherwise let's go cowboys thanks for listening we'll see you guys next time